You're listening to a podcast from Trinity Church Aldgate. Morning Devotions brought to you by Senior Pastor Chris Jolliffe. Good morning everyone and uh, it's good to see you again on Tuesday. So today we're in Revelation chapter 1 and we are taking it up at verse 9. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. When you uh, think about Jesus and think about what he might say to the church now, if he could say something, instantly we go to the content. What would Jesus say to us right now? However, do we think about the one who is speaking? Uh, What does Jesus look like who would be speaking to us? Or how should we imagine him in our minds as the one who is speaking to us? My guess is that most times when we open the Bible, we're not really thinking about this. Uh, when we, if we get, remember those days when we went to church, <laughs> you go to church, you hear the Bible read, uh, you know, you think, oh, well, maybe I should listen, listen in, ho-hum. Um, do we have a good understanding of who it is who's speaking to us? The book of Revelation, before we get into the content of what Jesus might say to the churches, gives us a picture of who it is who is speaking, and it's very important that we pay attention. Okay, so let's get into it. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Well, what belongs to you in Jesus Uh, We might think that the kingdom of God belongs to us in Jesus. Great. Uh, We might even go so far as to say the patient endurance that is ours in Jesus. Jesus gives us patient endurance. True. Uh, In the phrase that comes up in this verse, I, John, your brother and companion, in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus... Uh, we might think, well, is is that saying all of those things are ours in Jesus or just one of those things, the patient endurance? Um, if you look at it through your Greek spectacles, you can work out actually it's the whole lot. Um, this is the normal lot for Christians. This is really important. What do we have in Jesus? Three things, and they're probably not the things that you'd expect. Suffering, kingdom, patient endurance. This is very, very important. It doesn't say health, wealth, prosperity, right? What Christians have in Jesus now, suffering, kingdom, we need to hold those two together, don't you? If you only think you've got the kingdom but not suffering, then whenever suffering or difficulty comes, you'll be thrown. If you only think you've got the suffering without kingdom, you'll give way to despair. Christians have, in Jesus, suffering, if they treated Jesus like this, and put him to death, why do we expect anything different if we follow him? Suffering, kingdom, and patient endurance. Present, future and present, but also what we have in the present. Patient endurance. Um, 
Should Christians get up, stamp their feet, fight, uh, protest because uh, they are being treated unfairly in different parts of the world? Well, there are times and places to defend your rights. This is what Paul did in the book of Acts when he was about to be whipped in Philippi. Um, do you think it's legal to flog a Roman citizen? Oh, they backed right off at that point. So uh, we're not masochists. We don't welcome this. Uh, we defend ourselves as we can. But fight back. Suffering, kingdom, patient endurance. Patient endurance is ours in Jesus. Jesus who endured patiently. He, John, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Now, depending on who you think John is, uh, through whom this book of Revelation comes to us, uh, will influence what you think about this. If you think John is just uh, one of the prophets, if you like, that were there in the New Testament times, um, then perhaps he's on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. That is, he had been told, go there to get a revelation from God. Church tradition has held that it's the person who writes this actually is John the Apostle, uh, who's exiled on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. That is, because he has been maintaining speaking of God and teaching about him, and therefore he's been exiled, um, probably during the time of Nero, the Roman emperor. He says, On the Lord's day I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet. Well, that would have scared him. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I wonder how high he jumped. He doesn't tell us. He was in the spirit, which uh, doesn't mean there are times when he didn't have the spirit or not. But he um, it's probably a reference to him... Um, concentrating, focusing, um, being attentive to what God is saying to him. And in that context, he hears behind him a voice like a trumpet, which says, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. And of course, these are the letters that are going to come in chapters two and three. Now, Yesterday, I said that, um, you know, if we wondered what Jesus would say to us today, as out in, in our churches, yeah, for example, in Adelaide, what would he say? Um, and I said, well, probably he'd say what he said in these letters. And you think, hang on, <laughs> we're not in first century. We're not in Asia Minor, um, in Turkey, modern day Turkey. So how do you say this? And weren't they separate letters to different people? Well... Pay attention to verse 11, uh, Revelation 1. Write on a scroll, he hears this voice, write on a scroll what you see and send it, that is the scroll, to the seven churches. So even though seven churches were addressed, it was a circular letter that was meant to go around to all of the churches, meaning that every individual church heard not only Jesus' specific word for them, but the word for all of the other churches. So even though we aren't one of the seven specific churches, we are to hear what Jesus has said to all the other ones. This was always how it was meant to be. So thereby, uh, this is God's word, Jesus' word to us um, in the present. All right. 
Now, we get to he who speaks. John has been standing on the island of Patmos. He's in the spirit. He hears behind him a trumpet blast and a voice. A voice like a loud trumpet. He turns around to see the voice that was speaking to him. Verse 12. He said, when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, just imagine them in your mind. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Well, John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. This is the one who is speaking. Okay, I read all that so that you'd paint a picture of him in your head. Let's go through it. John saw seven golden lampstands. What are the lampstands? Well, at the end of Revelation chapter 1, it tells us. Uh, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So, if you like, in heaven, or wherever this is from, uh, and Revelation gives us the perspective of heaven, the churches are held up as lampstands, and they shine. They shine. And uh, just as fire, in one way, was thought to be living, it flickers, um, the churches are alive, they are there, they are radiating light in heaven. They are represented there. Okay. Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest, clearly a figure of immense importance. Now, that phrase, he was like a son of man, can you recall where that might come from? That comes from the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel is given this astounding vision, a dream. Um, and in verse 13, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And this figures with what we were told yesterday. And he approached the ancient of days, God, and was led into his presence. This is a one of ultimate authority in verse Daniel 7, verse 14. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations, men of every language, language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. He is the one who rules. He's the one who rules over a kingdom which encompasses every tribe and language and people and nation. And he has the authority, he has the glory, he has the sovereign power. This one a human one like a son of man. And of course, Jesus used that term, didn't he? Son of man to refer to himself. Uh, John says, the hair on his head, Revelation chapter 1 verse 14, was white like wool, as white as snow. Where does that come from? 
Again, that is a quote from Daniel chapter 7. Okay, so Daniel has this dream of all these terrible four beasts, terrible, frightening, uh, devouring beasts, which stand for the kingdoms of the world. And um, then as he looks, Daniel 7 verse 9, thrones were set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seats. That's, that's the Lord, God the Father. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair on his head was white like wool. Okay, so here we're told in Revelation chapter 1 that the one who speaks behind John, his, the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were blazing fire. Okay, uh, what is this saying? Uh, we are meant to think of the Ancient of Days, uh, the Lord, uh, God the Father, from Daniel chapter 7. However, um, we're also told in Revelation 1 that he was like a son of man. And in Daniel 7, there are two figures. In Revelation 1, they're conflated. Is it saying that the one like the son of man is God the Father? No, I don't think so. But he bears the likeness. He is the splitting image of God the Father. And of course, Jesus said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father, okay? So he is uh, in the say in the book of Hebrews, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being. Well, here he is in Revelation, exactly like this. Uh, in other words, there won't be a surprise, there won't be a disjunct between God the Son and God the Father, the Son of Man and the Ancient of Days. They bear, or he, he the Son of Man, bears the likeness of the Father. And you, so therefore he comes with the authority of the human king over the kingdom, um, but the authority of God himself. This is an awesome figure. His eyes are like blazing fire. He can see, he searches. And if you're familiar, of course, with the Lord of the Rings, you might be thinking of Sauron, the, you know, the, the eye. Um, this is, I suppose we're meant to take from... This imagery, these eyes are like blazing fire. Yes, that searching intensity, that, that the fear, really. Uh, but he's not evil. He's not evil. That's, that's the, the point of difference between this and the Lord of the Rings. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. You can imagine um, the power of a, of a stream that's just full of waters coming down. Uh, surging down a gorge, but life-giving water. Um, his, his voice carries power and life coming out of it. In his right hand, he held seven stars. What is this? Well, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Verse 20 explains that. So you've got the lampstands, they are the churches. And then in the right hand of this one like the Son of Man, are the seven stars. These are the angels. Okay. So in other words, what he's saying is that the message that comes to these churches through the angels, if you like, it, it's his message. Uh, there's no disjunct again. So uh, the ancient of days, the son of man bears the likeness of the ancient of days. They are one. And then um, he holds the, the son of man, the one like the son of man holds the the seven stars, the angels in his hand. The message that comes to the churches through them is exactly his message. 
and it's exactly the message of the Ancient of Days as well. There are not going to be separate messages. This is the same message. And it comes with all the authority of the Holy One, the Ancient One, the Ancient of Days. We're told that coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. So he has eyes blazing like the sun. And then out of his mouth, you know, this sharp, double-edged sword. And we try and draw this. We think bit terrifying really um god's word is like that isn't it sharper than a double-edged sword penetrates to dividing soul and spirit joint and marrow with a sword you execute judgment don't you and jesus will execute judgment through his word depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire this is Matthew 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Um, I was hungry, you did not feed me. I was thirsty, you did not give me something to drink, etc. Through his word, his powerful word, he can execute judgment. And we're meant to see this. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance, glorious, majestic. This is the one who speaks. Now, there is a right and appropriate level of fear to encounter one like this. You don't stand in his presence, you know, with arrogance or pride or presumption. You fall on your face. And that's what John did. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. How could you do anything else? He placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. That is the gospel, isn't it? Uh, to stand in the presence of the awesome one, the holy one, and then for him to place his right hand on you and say, do not be afraid. How can he do that? Only because he is the one who is the saviour, the sin bearer, the one who makes sinners righteous, who lifts us up to stand before him. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one, the first and the last. We've already told that um, the Lord is the Alpha and the Omega. Chapter 1, verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come. Well, now the one like the Son of Man, I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am the eternal one. He says, I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, look, I am alive forever and ever. We're meant to see this. When you think of Jesus, do you think of him as dead right now? You know, on this day in 2020, is he alive or is he dead? Or is he just absent out of mind? No, he is alive. He says, look, see me. I'm alive forever and forever. More than that, he says, I hold the keys of death and Hades. He is sovereign even over hell. Sovereign over death. The place of the dead. If you know him, if he's lifted you up, if he is the one who said don't be afraid, you don't need to be afraid. What else could happen to you? He's sovereign over death. He's sovereign over Hades. If he has said, don't be afraid, 
you don't need to be afraid. Verse 19, write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. And then he says, he explains the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand are the seven golden lamps, and, and of the seven golden lampstands is this, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Uh, it's a comfort to know that the one like the Son of Man in heaven, with all that glory, with all that power, with all that authority, he knows his churches. We are before him. And he has something to say to us. But the first word he says is, don't be afraid. Isn't that a comfort? Well, strap yourselves in because in the next little while we are going to listen to the words of this powerful Son of Man and what he will say to us in the letters to the seven churches. We remember chapter 1, verse 9. Blessed are the ones who read the prophecy of this book and take it to heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this picture of Jesus, the awesome, powerful, majestic, glorious Son of Man. And we praise you that he speaks and we praise you that churches, our church is before you in heaven, as are all the churches. And we praise you that you have something to say to us right now. And we ask that we would tremble appropriately, but also we would stand on our feet, being told we do not need to be afraid, but we do want to listen. So please help us to treat your words rightly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook or leave a review or comments either on Facebook or on our website, www.trinity.church forward slash Aldgate.